Welcome to the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 74 of the show, and it's finally NFL free agency. So let's talk about the newest Niner additions, Tarverius Ward, Warren Brooks, the subtractions, Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Jones, and what's really going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. What's his market look like? What's his trade value look like? We're going to discuss all that today. But first, we have some housekeeping. A lot of news has happened since we've last talked. Free agency has started. Uh, the Niners have received what will be their draft pick compensation or their compensatory draft picks in this year's draft due to Martin Mayhew uh, leaving last year for Washington, Robert Sala leaving last year for the Jets, and of course, Mike McDaniel leaving for the Dolphins. So with that said, the Niners this year will technically have nine draft picks. Yes, nine draft picks. In round two, they'll have pick 61. In round three, they'll have pick 93. And here's where it gets tricky. In round three, they will either have pick 102 or pick 105. One of those picks, whether it's 105 or 102, will go to the Miami Dolphins to complete what is now the known as the Trey Lance trade-up. And after that, Round 4, 133, round 5, 172, round 6, 186, round 6, 220, round 6, 221, so back-to-back picks in the 6th round, and in round 7, 262. So San Francisco is going to have 9 draft picks in this year's draft, (laughs) and really, you talk about a team that doesn't need to rehaul, doesn't need to retool, isn't rebuilding. And you give them nine draft picks, albeit no first-round draft picks, but nine draft picks, and they haven't even traded Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Again, who knows what he's really going to get for him. We'll talk about that later. But you give this team nine draft picks. You give John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan nine draft picks to maneuver, whether it's trading up or trading down, or even trading for certain players, or even trading for draft picks in two years. The Niners are in a really great spot when it comes to draft picks and have really set themselves up to build a complete roster around Trey Lance as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo does end up leaving by a trade. Some other updates. The first one, uh, one of the bigger questions looming over the Niners draft plans was what's Alex Mack going to do? Well, one, Alex Mack was seen at the NFL Players Association 22 Council meeting, so it seems as if that's one sign he's going to be back, which is great for the Niners. The other sign was when Will Disley re-signed the tight end, uh, former Seahawk re-signed with the Seahawks, Alex Mack said, congrats, Disley, but also thank you for not playing in the NFC West anymore, or, or, or it sucks you're playing in the NFC West. Thus, Mack pretty much confirming, hey... I'll see you twice this year. Hey, uh, it sucks you're playing in the same division as me again this year. So Alex Mack is presumably going to be back in 2022. It is the final year of his deal. So this could be the last hurrah for Alex Mack. But again, glad to have him what seems like to be back next season. Definitely helps knowing that Lakin Tomlinson's now gone. And there is a big question mark of Dale Brunskill and Mike McGlinchey. But speaking of Daniel Brunskill, the Niners tendered Daniel Brunskill at a right of first refusal level, which is $2.43 million. And let me explain this. A right to refusal or right of first refusal level tender pretty much means Daniel Brunskill can sign wherever he wants to go. But with that, the Niners have protected themselves and they can now match any offer that Brunskill gets. So, in other words, the Niners said, hey, we want to keep you, we'd like to keep you, but if you happen to leave for a larger offer we don't want to, you know, match, go ahead. But if there's an offer, let's say, from the Falcons that, you know, it's $2.6 million, and the Niners go, we can do that, they'll pay that for one year, they'll match the offer, and Brunskill's back in 2022, they have the right guard, and everything's grand. <laughs> so, good job by the Niners there. It seems like Daniel Brunskill will be back next season. Unless some team opens the bank for him. Which, I'm not exactly sure that's going to happen. So, it looks like Brunskill will be back. The other one. The Niners are giving 
linebacker Aziz Alshire, who broke out this past year, a second-round tender worth $3.986 million as a restricted free agent. What this means is that if a team wants to sign Aziz Alshire, they will have to give the Niners a second-round pick. Again, all this does is protect the Niners. Alshire, who is someone the Niners do want to keep around, they still have the ability to reach an extension, whether it's one, two, four, five years, whatever it may be, they can still discuss terms on a new deal. All this does is further protect them from losing uh, arguably their second-best linebacker on the roster. Now, if Alshire chooses to leave, he can sign any contract he wants elsewhere, but again, the Niners do get a second-round pick. So, Alex Mack is back. What seems like Dale Brunskill looks to be back unless some team opens the Brink Trucks for him, which probably won't happen. And Aziz Alshire, a second-round tender, if he wants to leave, the Niners get a second-round pick in return. The other ones. The biggest news in regards to departures for San Francisco. The first one we'll talk about, which... You know, this one, I think, hurts more than the, the I guess, the bigger deal that left. This one is DJ Jones. And the reason why I say that is because when you lose the Force Buckner in 2020, 2019-ish, uh, you wonder who's going to step up and replace him. Uh, the expected choice or, or the, uh, the the person you would think would be that guy was Javon Kinlaw. Well, Javon Kinlaw has injuries uh, and, and he's really not been impactful because he hasn't been on the field enough to do so. And DJ Jones has stepped up, filled that role really just almost perfectly for San Francisco. Came back last year on a cheap deal, and he got paid. Paid. Unfortunately, uh, he left for the Denver Broncos to join Russell Wilson. So it's kind of like, well, happy you got paid, but you really had to join Russ. <laughs> you really had to join someone we've deemed the enemy for the past decade. Uh, but great for DJ Jones. Three years, $30 million, $20 million fully guaranteed. Again, DJ Jones was one of the best run stoppers in the NFL last year. He came into his own in 2021 and was huge down the stretch when the Niners turned their season around. And last year, to give you a stat to prove Jones is worth to us, DJ Jones tackled ball carriers for a loss or no gain on 6.6% of his run defense snaps last year. That was the third highest run stuff rate by any interior defensive lineman in a single season since 2016. DJ Jones will be missed. Now, what comes with this is now Javon Kinlaw will likely be the de facto nose tackle. He had a surgery. His knee is cleaned up. He's not in pain anymore. The only issue is tendonitis comes and goes. Uh, if you're older, you know what tendonitis feels like. If you played any sport, whether it's your knees, your fingers, your elbows, you know what tendonitis feels like. It does not feel good, and so some days are you feel fine, you feel healthy. Other days, you're in a little more pain, and even other days, it's hard to do what you're asked to do uh, out there on the field. So uh, hopefully Kinlock and actually you know, have an impact on the field this year. Our, our hopes are, are high, uh, but maybe our expectations should be lower a little bit just because you never know what could happen. But Kinlaw is going to be the de facto nose tackle now. Eric Armstead will move into the three-tech on the inside. And hopefully, whether it's Ebucom, maybe they bring back Arden Key, or to draft pick, the defensive line, maybe it's even Chandler Jones, hopefully the defensive line is Bosa, nose tackle Kinlaw, three-tech Eric Armstead, and an edge rusher on the outside. I love that rotation, uh, and I think that would be a great move if Kinlaw is healthy, but I do think uh, bulking up the interior now becomes a priority for San Francisco, knowing that you no longer have DJ Jones in that building. Uh, for a short message to Jones, I'm going to miss miss the presence. He Look, the one thing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done is not only bring in great talent, but also great people. Uh, DJ Jones is one of the best people out there. From his barbecue sauce line to the smiles on the sideline on the field, you can tell they want to have fun. The iconic picture of him waving uh, on his knees after he sacks Matthew Stafford 
in the Rams game week 18. Iconic picture. DJ Jones is going to be missed. And I unfortunately, we have to see him again <laughs> this year because we do play the Denver Broncos. And the other signing, again, another wonderful person. I am going to miss the Victory Donuts every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday. And that is Lakin Tomlinson. Now, I predicted DJ Jones is going to leave in free agency to the Chargers earlier this week on our Instagram. And I thought Lakin Tomlinson was going to stay. Now, maybe I was maybe I was a little misunder or, or, or maybe I, I didn't know as much as I thought I did because I thought Jimmy was going to get moved. All signs were saying Watson's not going to be in trade talks. They're not sure what's going to happen there. And Jimmy and the Colts are heating up. I thought that deal was going to be done sooner rather than later. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I do think that Jones and Tomlinson priced themselves out. Even if Jimmy was gone, priced themselves out of the Niners range. Again, Tomlinson signed a three-year deal worth $40 million. Congrats to him. It's a huge deal. With the max value being $41.2 million with incentives, $27 million guaranteed. Again, congrats for getting the freaking bag, Lake and Tomlinson. And to, to show you the value the Niners got in Tomlinson, the Niners traded the fifth-round pick for Lake and Tomlinson in 2017. Let me remind you, Lakin Tomlinson was a first-round pick from the Lions in 2017, 2016. Like, the Niners traded a fifth-round pick for a former first-round pick and unlocked something in Lakin that has made him be one of the best left guards in the NFL. The Niners, with Tomlinson, they got 6,200 snaps, over 6,200 snaps from Lakin Tomlinson and he's likely going to net them a fourth-round pick. You talk about playing 4D chess. You trade a fifth-round pick for a first-round pick. You get first-round pick production from a player you traded a fifth-round pick for, only to watch him leave in free agency, and you're going to get a fourth-round pick in compensation. Now, again, it depends on how the NFL values Traverius Moore awards deal. It may cancel that out, but again... The Niners could, in fact, get a fourth-round pick for Lincoln Tomlinson, depending on how the NFL values uh, Ward's contract with San Francisco. But again, uh, I'm definitely going to miss, miss those victory donuts. Uh, Alex Mack posted a great photo uh, and kind of a tribute to Lincoln Tomlinson. The entire team, you can tell that they cared about Jones and Tomlinson. They're posting Instagram photos uh, of these guys. And you can tell the, the camaraderie these two guys had in that locker room. Again, Lynch and Shanahan have brought in good guys, good human beings. You know, remember the, 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 the Kelly and Bulky era was Ray McDonald, uh, guys who just really weren't that good of people off the field. Shanahan and Lynch made it a point to bring in guys that are good on the field and off the field. Locker room presences, and they did that. And they're losing two leaders. Two guys you can look to and go, they're always going to be smiling. They care about the game, and they're leaders in that locker room. So Tomlinson and Jones, congratulations. You got the bag. (laughs) We're definitely going to miss that barbecue sauce uh, on Sundays and those victory donuts after every single win. But news broke today, that being March 16th, about... Four to five hours prior to the 1 p.m. deadline, the 1 p.m. deadline being the start of the 2022-2023 NFL season. But before the deadline hit, the Niners really made headlines, arguably the biggest news of the day thus far. Uh, The Niners restructured D. Ford's contract, creating almost roughly $5 million in cap space this year. Uh, people wondered what was Ford going to do with this team. Was he going to be on the team? Were they going to cut him post-June 1st? Uh, the only issue with cutting him post-June 1st, despite freeing up a roster spot, was you were only going to save $2.4 million. Well, why not just restructure and save yourself $5 million instead? The Niners did a good deal here, although Ford is likely going to be on the team for the next year or two. That being said, don't forget, that the salary cap goes up, it springs up almost $20 million next year due to TV deals. Uh, Taking on a $2 million dead cap hit or a small restructure of avoidable years is not going to hurt 
San Francisco in the long run. It's just not. So D Ford now becomes a if you don't play for us, whatever, we save money from you and we were able to get under the cap. Or if you actually play on Sunday, we benefit from you. So it's really a win win for San Francisco. The other two deals they have done, the Niners restructured George Kittle and Eric Armstead's contracts, freeing up eighteen point seven five six, almost nineteen million dollars. They are now under the cap. Again, the biggest question was, how can San Francisco uh, the Niners get under the cap? How can they? Like, what are they going to do if they can't trade Jimmy? What is? What are they going to do to get under the salary cap? They have to one p.m. today. They obviously did that already this morning by, again, restructuring George Kittle and Eric Armstead's contracts. And if you're wondering what that restructure looks like, George Kittle's cap hit coming into this year was $16 million. Now it is $7.7 million. Eric Armstead's cap hit coming into this year was $20 million. Now it's $9.6 million. So the Niners are now under the cap. They have bought themselves time to not only sign more free agents, but also they have given themselves days, months, however long it'll be to now trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And before we jump into Jimmy Garoppolo, before we jump into where is she going, what are the updates, what's going on, is the fan base going to eat itself alive until he's off the roster, we have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Because... Jordan Schultz of the Schultz Report, C.J. McCollum of the Pelicans, his podcast co-host, uh, released a report yesterday. And prior to that report, there was rumors that Watson could get traded sooner because his legal issues have somewhat cleared up. The nine allegations went to court. He was cleared of all the charges. But again, there are still other things looming, that being an NFL investigation, also, it could be a suspension on the horizon if they find something that is worth noting or worth suspending Watson for. That being said, this is the NFL. We know how they do things. You get one year for gambling and six games for potential domestic violence or sexual assault. Again, the the cloud over Deshaun Watson, to me, is a no-go. It's a no-go. Uh, I would not want Deshaun Watson on this team. I would not want the, the Niners to even entertain Deshaun Watson. That being said, Jordan Schultz released a report saying the Niners are one of the teams that are going to meet with Deshaun Watson. And I think everyone collectively said, what the beep? Like, 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 like what? what is going on? First it was, you don't want Jimmy. Then it was, we're going to get Trey Lance. And now it's, we might get Deshaun Watson and... Thankfully, that lasted for about two seconds before the the entire, like, like, the Niners sent the dogs out, the dogs out for this report. <laughs> Matt Mayoko, Peter Schrager, Eric Branch, Cam Inman, all these people, Diana Rossini, like, the Niners sent a collective, we are not looking at Deshaun Watson, send to every reporter that has somewhat of a reputation amongst the NFL and their fans, because as, as quick as the report came out, it was quickly shot down. It was hilarious, and it was, like, good. <laughs> like, thank you, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, for actually being transparent for once and acting quickly on something. <laughs> but, again, it does complicate the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, because the entire time with Garoppolo, it's been, okay... Well, he's better than this guy. He's better than Trubisky. He's better than Winston, than Mariota, than, than, than Wentz. Well, then you see Wilson get traded. Okay, well, Domino Falls. Maybe Denver wasn't a a, a team of intrigue for Garoppolo and vice versa because they wanted an elite guy. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But then Roger stays. Brady comes back out of retirement. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Um uh, shout out to Mike Florio, who knew it the entire time, right? <laughs> but then Deshaun Watson comes into the fray. And after Brady, after Wilson, after Rodgers figured themselves out, the initial response from fans was, okay, now Garoppolo can finally get moved. He's the most accomplished. He's the best quarterback on the open market. But then Wentz gets moved. And you go, okay, well, then it clears up compensation for Garoppolo, and it makes things even more clear 
in regards to maybe what you can get for Jimmy G. Is it going to be two third round picks and a fourth round pick and a two and a second round swap? Or you know, it, it just cleared up and maybe gave you an idea in regards to what you were going to get or what you could get in a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, then Deshaun Watson comes out and says, I'm, I guess, kind of a free man to a certain point. I can at least be traded now. <laughs> I'm on the open market to a certain point. And now it becomes, well, Jimmy G, you're now on the back burner. And so now we're all waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting patiently. Are, are, are the Browns going to trade for Deshaun Watson? The Colts don't want Deshaun Watson, thankfully. Are the Saints going to trade for Deshaun Watson, a team that has been in Jimmy Garoppolo market? Are the Falcons the wild card here? Like, which teams are in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? And so, it really does make you wonder as to, if you're the Niners, the best case scenario is Watson going to Carolina. And if not Carolina, you hope he goes to the Browns. Because what you're expecting if Watson goes to the Browns is Mayfield and Watson swap spots, or swap spots, excuse me, and then picks are exchanged. That's an easy fix for both teams. Uh, the Browns get their quarterback, the Texans get their picks, and at least their quarterback for another year in Houston. And the Saints, the Colts, and the Panthers get untouched. And it leaves those quarterback jobs open. The only issue is, is that... Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated said today that the Niners, what could complicate things for Jimmy Garoppolo and what could have been complicating things for Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners the entire time was that the Niners want a second round pick and more. But Breer didn't stop there. He says they want two second round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, that could be the complicating factor here. Uh, Maybe they're asking too much. And that's fine. Like again, you gotta start somewhere, right? It was a first round pick, now it's two seconds. Eventually it'll trickle its way down to a third and a fourth, or this year's fourth and next year's second, or whatever that package will look like. People can say, well, did the Diners overvalue Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. But at a certain point you have to overvalue somebody. When you just watched Carson Wentz somehow get you a haul from Washington, and you're saying, Well, our guy's better. And our guy was hurt for the last six weeks of the season and went farther than Wentz did. He didn't lose Jacksonville. It makes you wonder of why aren't we getting more. And so we're all waiting for the Watson domino to fall to actually see, you know, how this game plays out for Jimmy G. But some of the questions I think myself and many other fans have had is, one, uh, why is he still on the roster? Why didn't San Francisco just take the first offer they got and moved him off of the deal and figured it out? It's really simple. And I understand it's frustrating. (laughs) It definitely is. The fact that we're still having this conversation uh, on March 16th and it likely passed it is simply because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are going to make the right move. They're not going to be impulsive. They're not going to be quick-triggered. They're going to make the right move for them now and the future. Now, I'm not saying that includes keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, because it doesn't. What it means is, they're going to let this thing ride out, and hopefully, by the end of the Watson stuff, there's still two to three teams that need a quarterback, and it gives them options to go, what do you want? What do you want? And they can look at what each team's offering and make the right choice. So that's why he's still on the roster, and the entire time I told you guys that there were other avenues to get under the cap at 1 p.m. today, being March 16th. That was restructuring forward, Kittle and Armstead. The Niners are fine. They do not have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo today, tomorrow, or even next month. You know, Mike Sando for the Athletics said this thing could last all summer and into training camp. And a team may not want to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo until he's healed. Now, I don't like that. (laughs) But if this thing goes on for another month or two weeks, that's fine. If you have to trade him on draft night, that's fine. The Niners did everything correct here. They're going to make the right move. Even if they overvalued him initially, some way, somehow, I hate to quote Nickelback, but they will figure this thing out. 
and it's going to be they're going to get the right compensation. Again, it may not be exactly what they wanted it to be, but it'll be this nice sweet spot. When have they? When have John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan done us dirty? Well, DeForest Buckner, yeah, Armstead's been phenomenal, and if Kinlaw can actually play well for a year, I get it, I get it. You know, he hasn't been an impact player. We already talked about that, right? But Armstead's been great. They re-signed the right guy, and that move allowed them to re-sign other players. That was a right move. They've made the right trades. Don't forget, this is the Niners are the same team that traded a third and fourth round pick for Emmanuel Sanders, despite them wanting Mohamed Sanu instead, only to watch Sanu get moved for a second round pick. Then the, the year afterwards, him get released by the Patriots, and the Niners sign it anyways for cheap. The Niners have been making right moves the entire time. I understand there's frustration. I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do not want to see him on this team tomorrow <laughs> simply because I want $26 million to buy other free agents, bring guys back, extend our own. I get it. But again, one of the questions I've been asking myself now is were the Niners ever going to trade him come the start of the new year, that being today, March 16th? Well, my answer is I think they would have liked to. And it looks like the shoulder surgery has at least made teams timid, right? It's made teams say, well, the Colts, who I do know for a fact, they want a quarterback in training camp ready to go. That's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to need time to recover. But with that said, the Niners the entire time, John Lynch said it. We had a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Plan A would have likely been just trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm assuming they're on plan B now. Restructuring D Ford, Kittle, and Armstead. And I'm assuming plan C is trading somebody away or restructuring five other people or extending certain people they don't really want to extend. But again, the Niners knew all along that this was a possible case. They had contingency plans for a reason. And... Again, you have to ask yourself, why is he on the roster? Because the Niners planned for this. The Niners knew that Jimmy was likely going to get surgery, eventually. They didn't know when exactly, but they, they knew he needed it. And did his shoulder surgery complicate things? I'm sure it did. Teams are saying, why do we want a guy that has a shoulder injury? When we can get a Trubisky, or a Winston, or a Mariota, who have no real you know, serious injuries, although Winston does and can be here day one. Well, the Niners say, well, Jimmy Garoppolo has done what none of those guys have done, go to the playoffs for one, two, two NFC title trips, a Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> like, those guys have nothing of the sort on their resumes. And so, all the talk, all the, you know, complaining about, why is Jimmy on the roster? And it's, you know, pounding, you know, it's like, I have no idea if you've seen Batman yet or the Batman yet, but it's like when he's slamming the prison wall, no spoilers here, when he's slamming the glass in Arkham Asylum saying, what did you do? What did you do? Like, that's what it's like right now when you're going around Niner fans talking to him. People want to know, what are you doing? What, why is he on the roster still? Like, that's what this is like. <laughs> and so, just like in that movie, and I I don't want to correlate the Batman in that crazy world to Niners Twitter, uh, you gotta just be patient. Patience is a virtue here. The Niners are doing the right thing. They had not steered us wrong before. They got Trey Lance. They got their franchise quarterback, right? They've had two amazing deep postseason runs, albeit not the result we both or all wanted. When they traded Buckner, it was, what are we doing? And... And, and, and since then, we've noticed it was the right move to make. They drafted Brandon Ayuk, who, was he in the doghouse? Yeah, but now he's coming out into his own. Debo Samuel wasn't good in 2019 at the beginning of the year. They get the right veteran receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. Then Debo comes into his own and is now one of the best receivers in football. They draft George Kittle in the fifth round and he becomes a star. They get Nick Bosa. Like, they, Richard Sherman, they extend Jimmy Ward. <laughs> like, the moves go, Fred Warner in the third round, the moves go on and on and on and on. I have faith 
they're going to get this thing done. Is that annoying? Yeah. Yes, it is. It really is. And did they screw this thing up? No, they didn't. Because they planned for it. You cannot screw something up you planned for. When you have smart people, Shanahan, Lynch, Prague, Adam Peters, that can plan for A, B, and C, they know what they're doing. Did they screw this thing up? No. Did Jimmy screw it up? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Did he kind of put a wrinkle on their plan? But they, but the plan is still in plain view. They're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They are not, not going to release him. They will take a seventh round pick over releasing Jimmy Garoppolo. They ain't that stupid. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't that dumb. And so, again, uh, the Niners are going to be fine. They're going to figure this thing out. The compensation, which, again, is reported to be what the Niners want, a second-round pick this year and next year, that probably isn't going to happen. But what's going to happen is a third and a fourth, or a third this year and a second next year, or a fourth this year and a second next year. They'll figure this thing out. Teams always want to push higher compensation later. I would not be surprised, even if it's a fifth-rounder this year and a second-round next year. That's a win. If you if you can get two force for Jimmy Garoppolo, that's a win. You're getting pretty much more than what you got him for. After two amazing postseason runs, uh, and you have your franchise quarterback waiting in the wings. So no matter what they get for him outside of a seventh round pick or fifth round pick, uh, they're going to win this trade. They are going to win uh, pre-Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco to post-Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Like, the Niners are fine. They're fine. They're going to figure this thing out. You just have to have a little bit of patience. A little bit of patience. That being said, one of the biggest arguments I heard during the early stages of the legal tampering period was, the Niners can't make any moves unless Jimmy Garoppolo is traded. Ah! Well, that was inherently wrong. Because... Even if you're over the cap, which the Niners were at the time, prior to, the, to this morning, you can still make signings. They just won't become official until 1 o'clock, March 16th. And by that time, the Niners would have to be under the cap. Well, the Niners made two signings. While Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster, and they're under the cap. <laughs> it just baffles me, man. Like... Uh, like, all the complaining we do is like, well, they can't do this and they can't do that. Again, if you just let things ride out and think of things logically, a lot of the arguments amongst the fan base fall apart completely. Like, how many times do I have to go on Twitter and see a Twitter spaces of, you know, venting about Jimmy Garoppolo? When is he going to get traded? You know, uh, you know, uh, people like having, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I don't even know what to say, like, PTSD. I guess he's still on the team, so it would be, you know, I, I don't even want to label it. <laughs> it's just like people are stuck under this loop of like, Jimmy's the reason for this and that and this and that when he's not. He's not. And again, the Niners made two signings. One of them was small. One of them was an amazing signing. The first one, the smaller one, is the Niners signed Oren Burks, a linebacker slash special team specialist, to a two-year, $5 million deal. Now, it's funny because I have Packer fans. I, I went to college in Southern California. Uh, there are plenty of Packer fans in LA, surprisingly. Um, and to be somewhat vulgar here, uh, or, or, or use a curse word, my Packer friend texted me two laughing emojis and goes, ha ha ha, he's ass. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, well that's not ideal to get from... <laughs> from the, uh, a, a fan of the team this guy played for so it, to a certain part of me I I did question John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for, for a small snippet of time but then I looked at him and go okay he's not going to have a big role Fred Warner's still there Dre Greenlaw's still there Al Shires looks like going to be there for a while and Flanagan Foles is still there and Burks all Burks is unless the Niners trade Greenlaw or do something with Shire. I think Greenlaw, because the cap hits are the same for Burks and Greenlaw, could be the odd man out there. But I would like to keep all, all of them in place. They have no reason to trade them for no reason. 
Again, you have nine picks this year. What's the point of losing depth? Back to Burks. <laughs> Burks uh, last year had 12 tackles on special teams, which ranked 15th in the NFL. Uh, for context, the only Niner player to have more special team tackles was Demetrius Flanagan Foles, who is also on the Niners again. So the Niners are just beefing up their special teams. It was one of the weakest parts of the team last year. It cost us, maybe not an entire game, but it cost us a touchdown here or there. We are one of the worst units in football, despite maybe a rather impressive performance from the unit in the playoffs. Uh, so what they're, what they're doing is they're retooling the weakest part of the team. Uh, they're saying, look, the quarterback and the kickoff return team, the punt return team, uh, they were our weakest links. Our punt defense team, they were the weakest links. How do we fix that? Well, what you do is you bring in guys. You have to overpay a little bit for a special team guy. And that's what they did. They're hoping, hoping, Burks can stay healthy. He's, he has had injury history. Uh, one of the knocks on him was he couldn't stay healthy. With that said, if he's your fifth linebacker on the roster and you can't stay healthy, I, I, that, that's a problem. So I would like to think Burks can stay healthy being the fifth linebacker on the roster and hopefully add some depth when it comes to being a special teams player. That's all that move was. That's all it is. You can write it off, put it in your back pocket. Burke's likely not going to be you know, a, a top-tier talent, not going to make a huge impact, but what he's going to do is strengthen and bulk up one of the weaker units on this roster. But the other move, and the final thing we're going to talk about today, is the big free agent signing. Now, we went into the offseason with really two positions in mind when it came to free agency. People had the mindset of they need a number one cornerback. Others, like myself, said they need to fix the defensive line. They needed to build from the trenches out. Now, as we know, the Niners, at least from my point of view, they, they may see in a draft and, and may add on both ends, but I always say build from the trenches, it helps... The, having Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Kinlaw, and even last year, DJ Jones and Ebu Common Key, having those guys that can penetrate an offensive line and get pressure helps the defensive secondary immensely. Well, it seems like San Francisco said, we've tried that, we've done that over and over again. While that works, and we can still do that in the draft and with the money we will have in free agency, no matter how little it is, we can add people still. We're also going to go get that cornerback number one <laughs> in the meantime and go into next year with a top two defense instead of a top five defense. We're going to hopefully be able to stop the Jamar Chases, the Cooper Cups, the OBJs, the DK Metcalfs. The Niners are essentially not only putting themselves in a position to be one of the best teams in football, they're putting themselves in a position to maximize Jameko Ryan's defense and make sure that guys like Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick and Dante Johnson are not starting multiple games next year. If you're going into next year with a secondary of Ward being Traverius, Mosley, Thomas, uh, Lenore, maybe even Dante Johnson and a rookie who you can maybe draft in the third or fourth round, maybe even the fifth round, that's a win. It's a win-win, and if you're lucky, you can even bring back K1 Williams, although I believe Emmanuel Mosley will likely slide into the nickel or slot position. He is the most likely to do so with Ward now coming in, unless they feel like they can mix and match and put Ward and Thomas and Mosley on the field at separate times together. I don't know what the plan is. But the Niners signed Charvarius Moore, uh, Ward, I, I, keep, I keep messing that up. It's Ward, not Moore. I, I keep doing that. Charvarius Ward... A 25-year-old cornerback, he was an undrafted free agent, signed with Dallas in 20, I believe it was 18, was in traded to Kansas City. And it's funny because prior to signing a three-year, $40.5 million deal up to, worth up to $42 million with incentives, with a $26.7 million guaranteed contract with the Niners, Ward actually has an interesting past or, or ties to San Francisco. Uh, one, Ward had four tackles against the Niners in the Super Bowl loss against Kansas City. The other thing is, Ward 
was the defender who intercepted Tom Brady in the 2018 AFC Championship game. But again, we know that play was called back. It would have been the game sealing interception. But the play was called back because D4 was offsides and now they're teammates. So it's just a very interesting tie-in to now Ward being a Niner. Now, in 2021, this past year, uh, Ward played his best year. He had the fourth lowest. He allowed the fourth lowest comp percentage, completion percentage in the NFL at 51%. He allowed the 11th lowest passer rating when targeted at 73.6. He also had the 8th best missed tackle percentage at 5.3. So not only can Ward cover, he can also tackle. What's one of the biggest things that Josh Norman and Kirkpatrick and even Dante Johnson and even Ambry Thomas to a certain point early in the year when the Niners were reeling and they were struggling, what's the one thing they couldn't do? They couldn't cover and they couldn't tackle. <laughs> it was it was basically a peanut punch or a first down. So thankfully, thankfully, the Niners now have themselves a cornerback one. And to add on to this, the lowest comp percentage allowed since 2019. So the last three years, 2019, 2020, 2021. Number five, Denzel Ward from the Browns, 54.1%. Jair Alexander, who's about to get paid, is likely the highest cornerback of all time. 53.8%. Casey Hayward, who was one of the players many of us, including myself, thought the Niners could target. 52.3%. JC Jackson, who got the bag for the Chargers, who I think was everybody's like wish list number one cornerback. 51.7%. That's number two. Number one, Charvarius Ward, 49.8%. Ward leads the NFL in the lowest comp percentage allowed since 2019. The Niners have themselves an underrated, a young, and improving cornerback one. But now how are the Niners going to use Ward? Is he going to play man coverage? Is he going to play nickel? Who is sliding in the nickel? Again, there's so many questions in regards to what Demeco Ryans is going to use in his secondary. Well, the good thing is, Ward's good everywhere and all the time, but Ward, to me, and I think Eric Crocker said this too, he's better served in man coverage. He's up close, up tight, you know, man coverage. He allowed 18 catches on 46 targets in man coverage last year. If you're wondering, instead of devoting a safety in a cornerback to guarding Cooper Cup, well... If you have a cornerback that can guard Cooper Cup or another team's top receiver one-on-one, it helps. (laughs) It definitely helps going into the playoffs knowing there are so many weapons on opposing teams nowadays. If you're allowing the second least amount of catches on targets in the NFL in-man coverage like Ward is, the Niners paid big and they're going to hopefully get a player that can play big. Because Ward has all the potential to be one of the best corners in the NFL. Not the biggest name, but he's physical. He ain't afraid to get his hands dirty. And he is not afraid to punch a receiver in the mouth and shut them down every single game. But again, that question becomes, who's playing cornerback one? Who's playing cornerback two? What's Mosley doing? What's Ambry Thomas doing? Again, I would assume the outside corners are Ward and Thomas and Mosley slides inside. But no matter what the Niners choose to do, a Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley duo, last season, combined, combined, they only allowed a, four, a total of four touchdowns on 131 targets. You talk about a dynamic cornerback duo? This has the potential to be the best cornerback duo in the last, what, 20 years? 30, 30 years? Like, Chris Culliver and Charles Rogers was pretty good. It wasn't great at times, but it was pretty good. Sherman and Mosley was better than, I think, Rogers and Culliver. But, again, this has the potential to be a shutdown cornerback team. 
going into the offseason, my mindset was, you already have a quote-unquote shutdown cornerback in Mosley. Well, if he continues to improve, and you add Ward into that mix, you have two shutdown cornerbacks that a team like the Rams, or a team like Seattle, or, or, or the Cardinals, this is going to be a tough matchup for them instead of us now. And that's one thing Niner fans have not been able to say in a really long time when it comes to secondary play against really good teams. And to give you one more factoid to end the podcast, before we embark on what will hopefully be a week of Watson getting moved and Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded, to give us actually, to, to, to remove the excuse of why the Niners can't make moves... One final factoid. Again, Niner fans wanted a shutdown cornerback. Honey, <laughs> baby, they got it. <laughs> they got it, okay? Charverius Ward against the NFL's top receivers last year. In week seven against the Titans, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, he only allowed 18 total yards. Week nine against the Packers. The guy who crushed us, who has always killed us, only allowed 14 yards. CeeDee Lamb, one of the best receivers, up-and-coming receivers in football. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, we already beat them this this past year. But guess what? Week 11 against CeeDee Lamb, he only allowed 5 yards. Keenan Allen, we got to play the Chargers this year, right? Ward allowed zero yards. Week 17, Jamar Chase had, if not the best, one of the best receiver seasons for a rookie of all time. That was his worst game. 83 yards and a touchdown. And that's really not that, it's not that bad. Not that bad. And if you're going to give me one bad game out of what, seven? I'm okay with that. Six games? You had one bad game out of six games? That's fine. I'm okay with that, as long as you're not Josh Norman and Kirkpatrick and Johnson. And to end his season, the AAC Championship game, Stefan Diggs, he allowed only one yard. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> we got our shutdown cornerback for the 49ers. And thankfully, he didn't cost us too much. And thankfully, thankfully, we can go into the offseason or the season knowing that we have two amazing young cornerbacks. And if I'm San Francisco, I'm extending Emmanuel Mosley as soon as Jimmy's money's off the books. I'm working on Mosley. I'm extending Jimmy Ward for another year. And of course, I'm extending Bosa and Debo Samuel. Keep a young core together. Have a veteran safety behind them. And again, the, I hate saying it. But maybe outside of Lakin Tomlinson leaving, it's Aaron Banks' season now. We don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, the Niners have said Aaron Banks has been at the facility all offseason, working, getting bigger, getting stronger, uh, working on his movement. It looks like things are trending towards you know good stuff for Aaron Banks. But forget Aaron Banks for one second here. The Niners, if Kinlaw's healthy, again, there's always caveats, but if Kinlaw's healthy... And Trey Lance is who we think he can be. But from a defensive perspective, the Niners have improved on defense already. And if they can add certain guys, remember, DJ Jones was a sixth round pick. The Niners can find someone to not maybe be as good as DJ Jones immediately, but aid in replacing him. This guy isn't falling because Jones left or Tomlinson left. The Niners have made the right moves and getting Ward in here has made their secondary one of the best, at least in the NFC West. At least. And right now, I'm okay with that. But I will make a bold prediction that the Niners' secondary will be one of the best in the NFC. They had a top-five defense last year. It has potential to be top-two. And if you can shut down Cooper Cup or limit Cooper Cup and DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins... In OBJ, name the receiver, name him. Perry Kill, whoever it is, Stefan Diggs, it doesn't matter. If you can limit those guys, you now have the cornerback in Ward to do it. 
and you're moving Emmanuel Mosley to the nickel or CB2, who was already guarding one of the best corner, uh, best receivers in the NFL last year and doing a heck of a job doing it, the Niners got themselves a, a, a cornerback one premier talent, arguably cheaper than Jackson and Alexander and, and what will be Stephon Gilmore. They got themselves a guy who is going into the prime of his career and is hopefully what looks like only going to be ascending. Only going to be ascending. I don't know how you don't get excited for that. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> like, I didn't even want a cornerback or, or, a, or a want a huge cornerback name. And while Ward isn't a big name, he was the right move. He was what seems like the smart move. They didn't pay too much for him. And just like everything else Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done with trades, with signings in the past outside of D Ford, although they've made it for that with restructures, they're doing the right thing again. And I believe if we just be a little patient, they will continue to do the right thing in the future. That being said, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, SeatGeek. Use promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, to get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, baseball is back. <laughs> if you want to go to a Giants game, an A's game, whatever team you root for, use promo code 49ERSACCESS for $20 off your first purchase. Go to a game, go to opening day. Have fun. Baseball is back. And if you're a fan of whatever sport it may be, the NBA, the Warriors are good. The Lakers stink, but LeBron's still there. Again, get $20 off your first purchase. And also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Instagram, 49ers.access. Twitter, 49ers underscore access. We're over 12,000 followers on Instagram. We are over, finally, 2,000 followers on Twitter. Thank you so much for all the support. And you are not going to want to miss an update on those accounts. we got big stuff coming big news coming the hot takes are also there sometimes too but also we like to have fun and engage with the diner fan base the faithful out there we want to talk to you and that's how to do so on twitter and instagram and don't forget to like share subscribe and leave a review and until next time this has been the 49er access podcast my name is throwing bennett and stay faithful the first time spark